welcome. This is Regeneration. My name is Bryce. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm in recovery from fear of man, pride, low self-worth. And this past week, a lot of fear of man and loneliness. Hey, uh, it's good to be with you guys. If this is your first time, we've been in a new series called New Year, New Me. And then beginning of the year, typically people will make New Year's resolutions saying, hey, this is going to be a new year, new me. Um, and then we learned week one that typically that doesn't, t- that doesn't really work. Um, and so we learned that in Christ, you can become new. You can become a new, trans- or a new creation. The week after that, Ryan Nixon last week talked to us about what it looks like to walk in community, to become new by walking in community. And tonight we're going to be talking about walking in confession and how confession can literally make you new. Um, by the power of the Spirit because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And the reason, if you're here and you've been here for any amount of time, we talk about confession often. And it's because confession is so important. God makes it, a really, makes it really clear um, that there is a really specific benefit to confession. Um, and it is the key to your healing. If you confess your sins, you can be healed. But what do we mean by confession, confession specifically? What we mean by it is to verbally communicate and acknowledge or admit what is true. And in the context of region, when we talk about confessing, we're talking about um, acknowledging what is true about your sin, acknowledging the sin that exists in you or in your past um, and bringing it to the light. And you may be asking yourself like, well, Bryce, you know what, honestly, like that doesn't sound like a sweet gig. Why would I ever wanna do that? Well, if you're asking yourself, why would I ever wanna do that? I would pose the question to you, why are you here in regeneration? You're here in regeneration to experience healing. And God says, if you want to be healed, you have to confess your sins. And he says this in James 5.16. He says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Listen, before I showed up to regeneration for the first time, um, this was about, this was in spring of 2020, right before COVID hit. I, I did not know why we confessed sins ever. I was like, why would we just talk about the bad stuff? You know, God forgave us. We can like move on, kind of hide it behind the thing. And um, I never knew that true healing existed. Like I had experienced all this brokenness in my life. And I was like, man, like I'm trying to work through it. I'm trying to fix it, but I couldn't until I came here and I was told, hey, actually the key to the past four or five years you've been struggling to fix all the problems of your life is actually found in confessing it out loud to other believers and then to invite God into it and then ask him to heal it, and then he actually will. And I was hearing all these stories of all these people who were confessing all this crazy stuff, like I used to be a heroin addict, and then God saved me. He healed me from it. And so God loves us so much that he doesn't wanna just save you. He didn't wanna just save me and leave me until I got to heaven, but he wants to save us and then heal us to make us new, that we would begin to be healed from the brokenness of our past. And we do that by confessing our sins to one another and inviting God into it. So if you're here and you want healing from your alcoholism, you want healing from your porn, or you want healing um, from your control or your anger, that can be made available to you tonight, beginning tonight, by confession. And Jesus, he promises it. It's a promise he makes to us that we will be healed. And so if this is your first time tonight and you're hearing about this idea of confession, that there actually is a way to to healing, like rejoice, like that's amazing. But simultaneously, are we asking you um, to take out the darkness in your heart or the brokenness of your sin in your past and share it with others? Yes, we are asking that but that is the key to your healing. God is inviting you into the fullness of life that you've always been looking for tonight. 
He's inviting you in. And tonight can be the first step in that direction. I promise you, I've experienced it. But I start there really quickly with talking about confession because the reality of it is, is that most of us in this room have heard about confession before. Like we've heard about James 5, 16, and we're like, yeah, confess your sins to one another and pray, and then God will heal us. Like, yeah, and then God, like true healing is available. Thanks, Bryce. Like, thank you for telling me that. Um, but for some reason, even though we know that's the truth, it still seems to be so difficult for us, right? If you're like me, confessing is hard. Confessing what I don't want people to see is hard. And I ask myself, like, why do we, why do we, um, why is it so hard for us to confess these sins? And I think it's because of fear. Like what's holding us back from being able to confess, to find true healing, knowing that it's made available to us, the thing that stops us is fear. And when I think about confession or coming upon confession, like if I've sinned and I have to confess it, it reminds me of this story of a very tragic night in my past. Um, I'll set the scene for you. 2011, okay, Stillwater, Oklahoma. I'm 12 years old, right? Seventh grade. This is Oklahoma State season, Brandon Whedon, Justin Blackman, greatest season of Oklahoma State's like existence. And so the town is literally electric. It's a Friday night, Saturday, we have a home game. So many people in there. My buddy Danny, his parents own this Mexican restaurant and we would work there. So we're in the Mexican restaurant. If you wanna know my developmental stage at the time, smack dab in the middle of puberty. If you wanna know my swag at the time, red basketball shorts and a red polo that said El Tapatio on the front. That was the setting. So I'm in there. And I'm walking, I'm, I'm in um, the restaurant and typically people will come in and we would see our friends there. And so there was this booth that I, our friends were sitting at and I walked up and I was leaning like this. And I was like, what's up guys? And they're like, hey, and we're just talking. And Danny, well, you need to know about Danny, best friend at the time, but he's like, the thing you need to know about him is he's just the dude that played too much. Like he was the guy. He was like, you just play too much, bro. Like chill out. <laughs> and so he went through this phase where he liked to like mess around with people. And it particularly had to do with pantsing at the time. <laughs> and I'm, standing, I'm telling you, it's 7 p.m., roaring sound of the college students, everybody out there, they're like hanging out for the night. I'm standing like this, I talk to my friends, and then all of a sudden I feel this commotion happen, and my shorts that were typically at my waist be, hit my ankles. I was like, I was so bewildered at the moment, I swung down to pick up my shorts and pull them back up. There was the guy who happened to be sitting behind me, eating a taco. And I, I, don't, I don't know if I made this up in mind, but I swear to you that I bit down and made eye contact with him while he was eating a taco and then pulled up my shorts and ran straight out the front door. Straight out the front door. Totally exposed, totally embarrassed in front of my friends. I walked out. I literally ran around the building and sat, sat behind the restaurant because I could not face them. I was, I was so embarrassed. And I, I say that because the way I felt there, I was like, I, 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 I like shrunk up and just ran. And I couldn't face them anymore because of how embarrassed I was. And the things I was fearing, I was feeling at the time, like embarrassment and like I had something to be ashamed of, right? I was ashamed. Um, I was like, there's no way I can go back in there and face them. There's no way I can face them after what just happened. And then I was like, any street cred I had with them was completely lost. Like there was no way I was getting back that after that, you know? Um, and I think that's how we can feel when we approach this idea of confession. It's like we, all these feelings come up of like this feeling of being exposed and we can fear that if we confess, we'll feel guilty and shameful. Like we don't wanna face the guilt and shame from the embarrassment of what we've done. 
And we also fear rejection, rejection of God and rejection of other people. Those are big ones for me. And we also, what we might, we also fear what we might potentially lose. But region, those fleeting fears, those four fleeting fears that keep you from experiencing the fullness of life that God offers you pale in comparison to the joy that he's saying can come through confession. And so tonight, quickly, I wanna walk through those four fears and speak truth into them and tell you why they should not be something that ever holds you back from experiencing the life that God wants you to experience. So we're gonna start real quickly um, with embarrassment. We fear confession because we fear being embarrassed. The thing that you need to know about embarrassment is that embarrassment derives from guilt and shame. Like if you, if you didn't feel guilty or shameful, there would be no reason to be embarrassed. Like that's, what, that's the root um, emotion is guilt and shame. And guilt and shame for humanity, for all of us, is the thing that we will go to the ends of the earth to avoid. Like we will hide in any nook and any cranny to avoid being exposed of our guilt and our shame. And so in this, in this regard, what we will do to avoid that feeling to protect ourselves from guilt and shame is that we won't confess, we'll hide it. We'll put it in the dark. And as we try to protect ourselves from guilt and shame by not confessing, it's actually what destroys us. It's actually what destroys you, not confessing. Psalm 32, David's writing this, and he's talking about a time in his life where he had um, sinned and then he kept it from God. He says, "Um, for when I kept silent, David's saying that in my sin, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Have you felt that before? When you don't confess your sin, when it's it's just eating away at you? He says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. And for a time, a period of time occurred and he couldn't take it anymore. Like it was too weighty on him. He had to get it out. He had to get it off of his chest. And when he did that, he confessed it, and he confessed it to God. We see it in the same psalm, Psalm 32. I encourage you to go read it. He says, and when he confessed, um, he wasn't burdened with more guilt and shame. He actually was released from his guilt and shame. God released him from it. He says, going from my bones were wasting away, he goes to speaking to God. He says, you are a hiding place for me. You preserve me in trouble. And then listen to this. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Friends, when we confess our sin, God delivers us from guilt and shame. He doesn't heap it on us. He delivers us. Second fear is rejection by God. Rejection by God. We fear that if we, if we are truly honest with our sin, he will turn us away. This is something I struggle with. I was talking to my team earlier about, it's difficult oftentimes for me to feel like I can truly expose myself to God and my sin. But the reality of this, this feeling of being rejected from God is a complete lie from Satan. It's from the pit of hell. Listen to this. This is not God's character to reject you when you come to him in humility of your sin. It's not his character. We see it in the very, very beginning. Like God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in the very beginning, in Genesis 3, we have Adam and Eve. Y'all know the story. Adam and Eve, they said, don't eat from that tree. And like, you know, I kind of want to eat from that tree. So they go, and they rebel against God. And immediately their eyes are opened. They see that they're naked. They are exposed. So they cover themselves and they bolt behind some trees amongst in the garden. And in verse 8 and 9, it says this, 
and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking. Notice that, walking. They had just rebelled against him and God's walking in the garden in the cool of the day. God's not frantic. He's not running around. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And as they hid themselves, it says, but the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? Where are you? Notice he didn't pop up behind them with some like, like, and he's like behind him. He's like, got you. Like while they were hiding behind the trees, he didn't try to catch them. Um, He walked calmly in the cool of the day in the garden and said, Adam and Eve, where are you? God doesn't push you away when you sin. He pursues you when you sin. God went out of his way to find Adam and Eve, knowing that they had rebelled against him and they were hiding because they were ashamed. And he's like, no, come to me. Come to me. You have a problem that I can fix. Please come to me. Expose yourself to my love and my goodness and you could be made new. Friends, that's just the gospel. And that gospel, the character of God, the love of God that produced the gospel was the same in Genesis 3, the moment sin entered the world. It's the same in the gospels when Jesus came and he died on the cross, and it's the same tonight in this room for you. God doesn't push you away when you sin. He pursues you, and he's pursuing you now. He's inviting you in. Third, fear of rejection from others. The third thing that keeps us from confession is rejection of others, the fear of it. It says, when we, when we fear that if, or we fear that if we are truly honest with others in our sin, they will push us away. Like if we're truly honest with what's going on in here, what we've done, what we're thinking, they will push us away. And the reason why we do that is because when we have a thought and we feel guilty and shameful shameful about it, we isolate ourselves and we think that we're the only ones who've ever thought that or done that. Like sin, when you keep it in the dark, isolates you and you spiral deeper and deeper and deeper. You're like, they would never, ever speak to me again if they heard what I did. I, I fall into that very, very often. Um, and so in, in order to avoid being rejected by others, we hide it in the dark so that no one would ever see it because we're afraid that if they do see it, it'll distance us from them. It'll distance us from the people around us. But that too, my friends, is a complete lie. The very word of God says it here. It says for, in 1 John chapter 1, verse seven, it says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, like if we take this sinful brokenness part of us, sinful broken part of us and take it out of the darkness and drag it into light as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. Cleanses us from all sin. The one thing, region, that unites or draws believers, whether, like from any culture, any time, the one thing that draws us together is our need for a savior because of our sin. And when you confess your need for Christ and he becomes your savior, you begin to have fellowship with the other believers in the body of Christ. So region, when you confess your sins, it doesn't cause people to turn away from you. You won't be rejected. You actually find your place of belonging. You belong, you realize that you are not alone and that the people around you too need a savior. Um, And you have all come to him who can save, him who can heal. So bring your sin into the light and you won't be rejected. You won't be rejected here. Let me tell you this real quick. There are some people in the world who may reject you for the things that you've done in your past. 
but Jesus won't, and the body of Christ should not. We are all in need of Jesus' saving grace. And what I need you to know is that here in this building, in this room, you will not be rejected. You will not be turned away. You belong here. Jesus didn't come for the healthy, he came for the sick. And that's me. And he's given me a place of belonging. Fourth, fourth and final fear is we fear confession because of what we could lose. If, like what, if I confess, what would, what would I lose? What's the cost? Like <clears throat> if I were to say that out loud, would I lose that relationship? Would I lose that job? Would I lose that trust? Would I lose my freedom? We fear confession for the fear, because of the fear of loss. And um, to be honest, Regen, like we, we've been doing this for a long time, and there are, there are things that you could lose by confessing your sin. Truthfully, we've seen it happen. Um, and the hope of not confessing that is because you're trying to preserve something. Like, if I don't want to lose these things that bring me life, but the very thing you were trying to keep by not confessing your life is the very thing that you will lose if you don't confess it. Your life is what you want and you will lose it. Jesus says in Matthew 16, verse 25, he said, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. If you give up your life for his sake, if you give up your ways, what you think is most significant, what you think is gonna bring you the most life and you turn it over to Jesus and you follow him in confession, if you follow in him, if you follow him in the light, walking with him, you will find true life. Because by hiding in the dark, the thing that you think is life is actually just an illusion. It's not truly what your heart's looking for. And we will go on and on, blinded because of this lie, because of this fear, the fear of what we could lose. When Jesus is giving you everything, we have all to lose of this world if we get Jesus and peace and life with him, the fullness of life. Listen, Regent, as I end, Jesus is offering you the fullness of life through the means of confession. He's offering you the fullness of life that you are really looking for through the means of confession. And his perfect love casts out the fear that stops it. God fully, fully accepts you. When he died on the cross, he knew everything. Like the sin you think is that bad actually goes way deeper in your heart than you even know. And God knows it all. He's stronger than your sin. His victory is stronger than the sin that keeps you down today. And he can defeat it. So I invite you guys, Jesus is inviting you guys to take the first step of confession tonight. Confess the thing you thought you would never say to anyone and watch it. Watch it be destroyed. I promise you. And then at the end of the night, after you confess it and you feel the weight and the freedom, go tell somebody. Go tell somebody in a different group how freeing it is to leave your sin at the cross because it's paid for by Christ. Tonight, we're gonna hear about a testimony of a life that's been surrendered to Jesus and healed because of what he's done on the cross. Her name is Maddie and welcome her up for us.